good for everyone to be here. Amen. We're going to teach. Uh, let's turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. Amen. I want to try to teach a little bit tonight. Philippians 20, I'm sorry, Philippians 1, verse 23 and verse 24. Paul writing says, For I am in a strait betwixt two. Man, that, that old English is hard to read right there. I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is, is far better. Nevertheless, I desire, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. I'm going to read that in the Amplified, a little easier to get what Paul's saying. So, Philippians 1, 23, in the Amplified, Paul says, But I am hard-pressed between the two. My yearning desire is to depart, to be free of this world, to set forth and be with Christ. For that is far, far better. Verse 24, but to remain in my body is more needful and essential for your sake. And one more verse, amen. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 4. Psalms 27 and 4, David says this, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Lord, we love You. We thank You for Your presence in this place tonight. Thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be with your people. I ask you, Lord, that you would just allow your anointing to reside, continue to reside in this place. And Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, your word is already anointed. I would ask that you would anoint my mind and my thoughts, that they would be your thoughts and your voice, and you would speak to our hearts, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to I wanna teach... Uh, for a little while tonight, I want to teach on this thought, caught between two desires. Caught between two desires. So what is a desire? Brother Webster says this. Desire is the feeling of wanting something. A strong wish a wish for something or to do something, a wish to have something or to do something, a feeling of wanting. I think, I think desire is a word that uh, we have a tendency to use very casually, kind of like the word love. You know, we love everything. Love my wife. I love, I was going to say spaghetti, but I really don't love spaghetti. I tolerate spaghetti. I love my wife. 
I love barbecue. I really do love barbecue. I love this. I love that. I love this. We use that word love and we, we say all of these things. But how can, how can, how can my affection for my wife be the same as my affection for barbecue, right? We use that word and we use it for so many things. And I think desire is the same way. We use that word desire and we use it it's in such a casual manner so that it really doesn't have the, the intention or the, the meaning. Not that, it's a, that we use it poorly, or, but, but because we use it so frequently or because it's such a commonplace word, if you will, it almost loses some of its depth is what I'm trying to say. And so, uh, I want to talk about desire, but, but I, want to, I, I want us to think about that word or, or what I'm saying when I, when I say the desire, okay? I want to help us to understand that word. And uh, so, it, it's, it's, it's a word that, that uh, has a greater context I think, then perhaps, or we use it in a greater context often than what I, I want us to narrow that focus. And so when I use the word desire tonight, I'm talking about something that is deep. I'm talking about something that I've got to have it. I've got to, I've, I've, I've got to, Amen. I, I, I've got to make it. I, I, I've got to get to this thing. I've got to accomplish this. That's what I'm talking about when I use the word desire in this subject tonight. And so I use this passage of Scripture in Philippians uh, tonight as a, as, as a starting point, not because I really want to focus on Paul's desire, I just want to use what Paul is saying to help us to understand something about desire, okay? So I, I, want, I want to use it to bring us to a place, to a point that we understand where we find ourselves, I think, more often than we would maybe admit. And Paul finds himself in a place in his life where he said in the, uh, where the Amplified uses the word hard-pressed. Paul says, I, I find myself in a difficult place. I find myself hard-pressed between two things. There's something that I truly want. There's, there's something that I I really desire. And that thing that Paul said he desired, he said, I'm, if, if I can say it the way I hear it, okay, Paul said, I'm tired. I'm done with this world. I'm done with the craziness. I'm done with the, 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 the struggle. I'm done with all that goes on with it. I'm just ready to go to heaven. 
I'm done. I, I, I want to, I want to move on. Paul's later, Paul later says, uh, in a, I guess he got further down the road and finally said, I am done. I finished my course. I'm done. <laughs> and so, but here Paul says, I, he, so he was getting to that place. He was almost there. He said, I, I want to leave this world. I'm finished. If I, if, I, if I could make a choice right now. Now, I don't know about you. There have been some times in, this, in my life when I've said to Jesus, you know, I ain't got no problem with you hitting the switch right now because I'm about done with this place. Just make it quick, Lord. We, we don't want it to linger. We don't just... Mm. And that's what Paul said. I, 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 I want this. But then in the very next verse, he says, but it's, it's needful for me to stay. I, I want this, but there's still some stuff that I need to do. So if, if you would listen, if you could hear Paul's anguish almost, I, he's, he's caught between, ne- neither are really wrong. But, but, but he's caught. That's not always the right, not always the case, but in this particular case, ne- neither of the two things are wrong. And he's like, there's, there's this, this desire. I, 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 I want to be, I want to be finished with this. I want to go beyond this. And, and, uh, and, and, and move on to, to something else. And so the, the, the thing that I really want to focus on when we talk about desire tonight is, is how badly do I desire? And so that, that's, that's really what it comes down to when we use the word desire. It's really to what depth or to what, to what level of desire do I have for whatever we're talking about? Paul had had come to this place where where he was the, the the desire to do either one. And so there was this man that came to Jesus and uh, he had a desire. He came to Jesus and he said, "Lord, help me. I've, I've got a question. I've got a desire for eternal life." And that desire uh, is a desire we should have, right? The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Master, good master, what do I got to do? What, 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 what do I have to do to be saved? And we, we, should, we should also have a desire for eternal life. So in Mark chapter 10, we, we read in Mark 10 and 17, we, the rich, what we call the rich young ruler uh, comes to Jesus and he says, when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running. Okay? It wasn't a casual. It wasn't, he didn't just stroll up to Jesus. Mark says he came running and, and kneeled to him and asked him and said, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? 
Jesus, I, I have a desire. I, 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 want, I want eternal life. I, I, want to, I want what's beyond this life. I want to, to be in the kingdom of God. I, 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 I desire. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. We don't, we don't know his name. We don't know his heritage. We don't know really much about anything in his life. But we, we can sense from the passage of Scripture, this one and another account, we can sense a certain degree of sincerity. There, there is a desire there. It's not just, I'm trying to show off. It's not just, uh, you know, hey, by the way, Mark said he came running to Jesus. It, there, so there, there's, there's some desire, right? And he says, he says good master, what, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? So the desire was real. How, how, how do I know the desire is real? The desire is real because he at least asked the next question. I mean, how many times have we said something like, oh, I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd like to get a new car. I, I desire to get a new car. Talking to, talking to somebody. Car goes, man, I like that. I'd, I'd like to get one. I think I might like to get one of those. Then you go about doing your thing. You, you, I got a desire. I, I want this car. Okay. But we don't get on the internet. We don't look up the blue book value. We don't. I, I was talking to, to, to Brother Spriggs, or he was talking to me. And uh, he, uh, he was looking at a new car. And uh, someone, someone, you know, got this car and said, hey, I got this car. And he said, yeah, I'm interested. He was telling me the story. And, uh, and, and so he heard about it. So then he, he started doing some research. He, you know, so he started looking in. Okay, what if I, I, I want to know about this. So, so desi- this desire or, or, you know, is one thing, but, but, you, you, the desire level is more when you start making some inquiries. You start, you know, uh, many years ago, I was, I was sitting in a church camp service and, and, and I saw this young lady. And uh, I had a desire to, to know, to get to know her. And, uh, you know, I told my buddy, I was sitting next to my buddy, uh, and I said, hey, no, no. He said to me, he said, hey, you see that girl up there on the second row? She's wearing a hat. Oh, yeah, I see her. He said, after, after service, I'm, I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to get introduced to her. I said, you are? He said, yeah. I said, I'm going to go with you. Because I want to talk to the girl sitting next to the girl. <laughs> I want to inquire into who she is. There was a desire, you know. And, and so 
when, when you really have a desire, then, then you, take, you make an initiative. You, 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 you ask the question, what do I do? So, so this rich young ruler, this young man comes to Jesus and he, he says, what do I have to do? How do I get this thing that I want? Because if we never inquire, we're never going to find out, right? There's a lot of people that think about heaven. There's a lot of people that think about the things of God. Oh, that, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to have that. But they don't inquire. They don't dig into it. So he wanted it enough to find out how to make it his. And, and I, know, I know that sounds like a very simple, okay, what's the big deal? It, the, the point I'm trying to, to make is we, we sometimes have to, we have to, what's the word I want to use? We have to determine or we have to, we have to, I don't want to use this word, but I can't think of a better one. We, we have to judge the level of our desire. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, when we say we desire something, we have to examine. The Word of God talks about examining ourselves, right? So often, God, God helps us. God has a tendency, because I'm not always a good examiner of me. I, I think I'm a good examiner of me. I think I'm looking. I, I think, oh yeah, but God, He... He's a better examiner of Jim. And so he says that I need to look at myself. And so if I'm not doing a really good job of that, if I'm not really determining my desire, he has a way of helping me inspect my desire. And, and so that's, that's why I think it's important for us to understand where the rich young ruler was. Verse 21 of Mark says this, Then Jesus beheld him, I'm sorry, Then Jesus beholding him loved him. Man, I love that, ver- that part of that verse. He's getting ready to say some tough stuff to this guy. And why is he going to say it? Because he loves him. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And he said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross, and follow me. At that point, the rich young ruler finds himself in the same place that Paul found himself, caught between two desires. I want eternal life. I want that. But I also want this other thing. I, I want eternal life, but he wanted his life as well. I want eternal life. I want what I'm asking for, but at the same time, I want my life. 
I want, I want those things. If you go back and you read that passage of Scripture and you study it out real close, we read verse, verse, verse 10 there, I mean verse 21, where he gets to the conclusion. But before that, he, he tells the rich young ruler about following, you know, keeping the commandments and this and that. And the rich young ruler comes back and talks. And if, if you notice, if you read the whole discourse, you'll notice in there the commandments about coveting and the money and all of those things kind of get skipped in the conversation. And so Jesus narrows his focus and says, Let, let's get down to the root of the matter here. There's one thing you lack. And, he, and what Jesus did is he brought him to the place where he had to answer the question, what is my true desire? I want this, but I want this. He was caught between two desires. And the, the reality of it is we find ourselves in a very similar place more often than we want to realize. We want God's life. We want eternal life. But we want our life. We want our dreams. We want our ambitions. We want our will. I want eternal life, but I want to do my thing. And I'm not even necessarily talking about sin. I'm just talking about I, I, I want this and this, and we're pulled back and forth, back and forth, caught between two desires. And as I, as I began to think about this in my own mind, I began to think about my desire. And actually, to, to, to be honest, this thought's been kind of going on and on in my head for the last couple weeks as I... Uh, a couple Sunday mornings ago in the, in, the, in the beginning of the service there and, and God's presence was moving and he just began to, there was just this desire in my, in my spirit to, to be in his presence and we we're singing about it and, and it just has not left my spirit about, about understanding this, this, this decision that I have to make. And I have to really make it every day. Every day I've got to answer. I, I find myself like Paul. Betwixt two straits. I find myself hard pressed. Caught between two desires. Let's look at desires. Some other people with desires in the word of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of, it, of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. <clears throat> now, 
The first time the word desire is mentioned in the word of God, we find it here in the third chapter of Genesis. And I've read this passage of scripture so many times, you know, and, and uh, as, I was, as, I, as I was thinking about desire and, and studying a little bit, I came to this verse and and for the first time, I really thought about what might have happened here. So, so if we read that passage of Scripture, it seems like just this quick, casual conversation. Chapter 2 ends with God creating Adam and Eve. Chapter Three begins with Eve in this conversation. It almost seems like, you know, if we just read it, it seems like God created Adam and Eve. Eve walked across the street. What's up, Mr. Serpent? Conversation. Eat the apple. Okay, it wasn't an apple, but, you know, whatever. But I began to think about it, and I, I, I began to, to, to contemplate how Eve got to this place. And, and, and I began to, it, it seems like this, this just quick, casual conversation. But I wonder how much time passed between the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3. How many times did she see that tree? How many times did she walk by and, you know, maybe go, man, that smells pretty good, and move on? How many times did, did we, we see this conversation that seems like a singular event, but my mind wonders if this conversation was not just a single conversation, but a culmination, the end of an ongoing conversation. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, you, well, Brother Barr, what are you trying to get to? Here's what I'm trying to get to. Desire starts off as curiosity. I believe that there was some curiosity, and we know what curiosity did to that poor kitty cat. It'll get you every time. So desire starts out as, as a you don't just you don't just have desire. Because you you can't have desire for something you don't know nothing about, right? So so something sparks your attention, something gets your curiosity. And I believe that, that there was some, something happened, some curiosity. And, and Eve began to, this, this curiosity about this fruit. I don't, I don't want to try to 
to tell you I know what happened, but I, I honestly believe that there was, there was something that led her. I don't know what the journey was between Eve that brought Eve to this place. I don't know what that journey, that road of curiosity was that brought her to a place, but she finds herself between two desires. The tree, the fruit, the tree was, it, it, it was desired. It, it looked good. It smelled good. It, it would make you wise. There was this desire, but on the other side, there's this, there's this other desire to do what God said or not to do what God said not to do. What, what should I do? Which way should I go? What, what, it, what will I pick? Which path will I walk? You can, you, can, you can go throughout the Word of God in many places. In 2 Kings chapter 7, if you go there, and for sake of time, I won't go there and, and read it, but in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 7, you'll find four lepers. Four lepers sitting outside of a city. Famine is, is uh, engulfed the city because they're surrounded by the Syrians. They're hungry. They have a desire for food. I don't know how many days they sat outside the city. They were lepers, so that's probably where they had to be. They could, even in the famine, they had to, they had to be where they had to be. They're outside of the city. And kind of, you know, the reason there was a famine, because they were surrounded by the Syrians, and the Syrians weren't letting nobody come in and nobody go out. And the, the Syrians were out of their camp, and, you know, they had steaks on the barbecue. They were frying up whatever they were cooking. They, were, they had all of this food. You ever, you, ever, you ever in the summertime or go somewhere and go by a place and you, and you catch a whiff of something? kind of what I see those four lepers. They're just sitting there. All of a sudden, the wind began to blow, and they, they smelt the ribeyes on the charcoal grill. One leper looked at the other leper. said, that smells pretty good. I think I want one. I think we, I think we ought to go get one. I don't think we should. The other guy said, I'm hungry. There ain't nothing in there to eat. Here's, here's where we are. We're caught between two decisions. We can sit here and be hungry and die. We can go in the city and be hungry and die. We can go over there and probably die. 
but they might feed us before they kill us. There's a, there's a chance. So they thought about it and, and they realized, I want food more than I really care if I live or die. And so they, 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 they make, they, they're, they're caught between, again, a desire, right? They've they got to make a choice. One's, one's logical. Stay where you are because your enemy is not going to do good. My point in all of this is trying to help us to understand that we find ourselves, just like Paul, hard-pressed, hard-pressed to, to make a decision. And, and so these, these lepers, their desire, I'm going to use a word, okay? So their desire... They moved past casual desire for food and moved to an obsessive desire for food. So their desire, if I can say it this way, their desire became an obsession. We don't like that word obsession. Because in our world today, in our, in, in our thoughts, the word obsession has a very negative connotation. You know, if you're obsessed over something. But we, we find ourselves, we find the lepers, I'm sorry, we find them in this place where, where they became so obsessed with the thought of maybe getting something to eat that they were not worried about the danger. So their desire became an obsession. What I really, what I'm trying to, to, to help us to understand is our desire for the things of God. I think everyone in this, in this auditorium tonight, everyone that's watching online, I believe, I believe all of us have a desire for the things of God. And at the same time, if we were honest with ourselves and honest with, with, with one another and honest with God, we also have a desire for our life. We, we have a desire to... To, to fulfill things in our life. Not necessarily bad things. I'm not talking about that. And, and, and we're, we're caught between doing the things of God or doing what we want to do. When these four lepers went into the camp, we know the story. They went into the camp. They... They, they go there, the Bible tells us that God uh, moves and scares away, runs off to Syrians. So the lepers get into the camp, they begin to eat, they're eating, they're eating everything. Now, now they're, they, they have obtained their desire. This desire that became an obsession, they now have obtained it. But if you go on and you read it, 
all of a sudden they come to themselves and one of them says this, we do not well. You see, when, when the things of God become an obsession in our life, when, when we move from that casual desire to, to the things of God, become, we become obsessed with doing them. Then uh, no longer is the desire about what I want. No longer is the desire about what I need. No longer is the desire about what's good for me. Why, why did Paul, why could Paul, why was Paul in this place? Paul, Paul tells us what he does by the way he answers the question. I want to do this, but you see, Paul had this obsession to reach the lost. And he said, because, because I have this obsession, because I have this other desire, it is better for me to remain in my body for you. The lepers came to a place and they said, we do not well because we have food and they are dying in the city. When we allow the desire, the things of God, to, to move past a casual, a casual desire in our life, and they come to a place where they become the focus, they become the primary desire. When I say they, I mean God. When God in the kingdom, Pastor Wright was talking about the kingdom of God. When the kingdom of God becomes the primary desire in our life, then the, 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 the focus becomes not so much about what I want, but it becomes what others want or what is good for others. His desire what I'm trying to say is his desire now becomes my desire. And we turn from our desire to the things of God. Let me, let me kind of wrap this up and bring it to what I'm trying to say. We find ourselves really today if we are honest, most days we find ourselves, just, just this week, I, uh, I mentioned this in my, uh, I mentioned this in, in our Oikos uh, meeting on Monday night. Uh, last week I was, uh, had a lot of stuff going on at work, and, and I've mentioned before, my, my, my kind of, what I try to do is I, uh, I get up early in the morning, I get a shower, and I usually go to my study, and I try, to, I try to spend some time in my study reading the Word of God, praying, meditating. I spend some time with God before I, before I enter into the things of the day. And uh, I get up anywhere between 5 and 5.30, uh, and uh, I have to be to work at 8 o'clock. So, so I'm up, you know, pretty early, and and uh, get going, and and so so last week uh, I got up, and man, there's a lot of stuff going on at work. I had I had meetings, I had deadlines I had to get to. I had I had 
clients that were a little stressing me out and they were stressed out and I got up and I'm like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. So I, I, I said, you know, I gotta get to work early. So I was, I was, I was going into work at like seven o'clock and getting in there ahead of everybody else. And, and to be honest with you, it was, it really, it really wasn't making anything any better, but, but my desire was, was not focusing on, on what I normally would be focusing on. And then, and then, uh, Monday morning, I woke up early and, and uh, very first thing before I got out of the bed, uh, still all this stuff going on, I just, I just said, you know what? That stuff's just going to have to, it'll be there when I, when I get there. I've I got I to get back to doing what, what I need to do. And, and I, I, I uh, went through my normal routine. I went into my study. I spent the time in there. I didn't, I didn't come out of my study early. You know, I ended up getting to work like, you know, 10 minutes before 8, something like that. And, uh, man, this, and so this whole week I've been back to putting him first, putting the, 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 that desire, letting that desire be the first thing. And, man, my week is, all of the craziness is still the craziness, but clients are now happier and they're not going whatever. And, and it's just God helped me to re, just reminded me if I will just let his desire, if I will make his desire the first thing in my life, the other stuff will take care of itself. And so we read that passage of scripture where David said, one thing, one thing have I desired. Do you think David, do you believe David only had one desire? We read that passage of scripture. David says, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. Do we really believe David only had one desire? No, and that's not really what David is telling us. What David is telling us is there's this one desire that is most important to me. There's this one thing that I desire that is 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 above everything else. There's other things that I desire. There's other things that I've got to pick from, but, but there's this one thing. There's this primary th- obsession in my life, and what I'm obsessed with is the presence of God. What I'm obsessed with, what, what becomes the most primary focus of my life, is to be in God's presence. That doesn't mean he didn't desire other things. And that doesn't mean that there weren't a time or two in his life when he had some desires that weren't so good and got him in trouble. But because of his primary, because of this obsession, when things didn't go the way they should go, we find him praying, saying, Lord, don't take your presence from me. 
Against you and you only have I sinned. Don't, don't take your presence away from me. That's, that's the thing I need. Paul, Paul really said, if you, if you kind of read between the lines, Paul really said, I will pursue the kingdom of God. I want to leave. I want to be done. I want, I'm finished. I, the, my desire is to go home, but I'm going to pursue the kingdom of God. Because that is his will. I want this, and I want to do what God wants me to do, and he said, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to, I'm caught between the two, but I'm going, this is what I'm obsessed with. And we know that the rich young ruler, what does the Bible tell us about the rich young ruler? He went away sorrowful. Rich young ruler finds himself betwixt two desires. I think, I think his desire for eternal life was real. I think his desire for the, for the kingdom, it was a real desire. But he never let it become, at least to our understanding, he never let it become an obsession. Oh, I, I hope when I get to heaven, I hope when I get to heaven and we begin to talk to people, I hope when I get there, I find out that the rich young ruler was one of the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. That's what I hope. I hope that he was one of those that was added to the church daily. I hope that's, I hope that at some point he saw, he came back to the crossroads and, and chose the right desire. But we don't know that. We just know here that the Bible says that he went away sorrowful. So whether we realize it or not, we find ourselves more often than not. If you'll stand with me, I'm, I'm done. We find ourselves between two desires. How will we respond to those two desires? The reality of, of that is this. I think Pastor Wright very much helps us to understand it's not about where I am. Location is not as important as what? Direction. My location is not as important as my direction. So there are going to be times when when. I'm not necessarily pursuing my obsession, the thing that should be my obsession. I'm going to come to that place where I, 
am caught between these two desires. But we have to somehow come to a place where we move beyond, and this is something we have to do. We have to come to a place where we move beyond casual desire for the things of God. And allow the things of God to become an obsession in our life. Because here's the, here's the truth of the matter. God has made us in such a way <laughs> that we all, whether we want to admit it or not, we all can be obsessive. And the reason for that is God made us that way. And so what we're obsessive about, we decide. How many times did Eve walk past that tree? How many times did Eve look at that tree? How many times did she listen to the serpent? How many times? We've got to allow... So two things, and I close with this last two things. We have to make a decision, and I say this being trying to be a little humorous, we have to stop talking to snakes. I said we have to stop talking to serpents. I don't know what those serpents are in your life, I've got a couple of them in my life, and some of, I just need to tell them, I'm not listening to you no more. I've got some serpents in my life that have two, le oh, I'm sorry, that look like people. <laughs> I'm sure none of you have any of those kind of serpents in your life. We got to quit talking to serpents because they don't have nothing good for us to say. And we've got to listen to the things of God. We've got to become obsessed. Like Paul said, I've got to make this right choice. Like David said, one thing have I desired. Over the last couple weeks, to be honest with you, I've, I've, I have just come back to the place where I've had to say, are my desires for God what they're supposed to be? Am I allowing anything in my life to become more desired than the things of God? And I don't want that to be the case. And so the only way that I can know that it's not is by checking. And for me, the way I check is I say, God, help me, help me know. And he, he has a way of letting us know if we'll listen. Amen. Let's pray.
Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for your purpose, your grace. Lord, David said that as the deer panteth for the water brook, so he thirsted for you, God. So many times if we look at the Psalms, the the things that David wrote, time and time again we will find him making a declaration of his ultimate desire. It wasn't just one thing here or one thing there, but over and over and over again, we hear David saying, I want to be with God. I want to be in his presence. I want to be in his kingdom. I want to follow him. And Lord, as we look at those in the word of God that that made you their obsession, the disciples, Paul, many others, God, we see them doing the things that you would have them to do. And Lord, I would ask you today as we come to the conclusion of this service, the conclusion of this day, I ask you, God, to go with each one of us and Lord, I would ask that you would refresh in each one of our hearts and our minds a fresh desire to know you, a fresh desire, not just a casual acquaintance, God, but that you would become an obsession new and afresh in my life, that I would long for the presence of God, that I would long for the voice of God, that I would long for the things of God, and that I would pursue them, that I would press toward the mark like Paul said. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Put that other stuff behind me and I press, I push, I strive. It was all about desire, God. And I ask you just allow us to once again be reminded of your desire. And let that become our desire. Thank you for it. We praise you and give you honor and glory. Lord, ask for your hand of mercy on each family in this place tonight. Keep us, draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. 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 You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Greet one another.